Hi, everyone, and welcome to the January 15th, 2021 episode of Automotive News Canada Conversations. I'm your host, Greg Layson, the digital and mobile editor here at Automotive News Canada. Folks, I got to tell you, today's show promises to be electric. I'm charged up for the program today. That's because my guest is someone who is really plugged into the electric vehicle battery scene. He was plant manager at the former Delphi battery plant in Oshawa, Ontario, the country's last battery factory, which closed in about 2006. Now he's part of eCamion, a company specializing in battery storage and EV charging. And we'll ask him today about Canada's potential to become a battery supplier to the automotive industry, particularly here in Ontario. That's all today when I speak with Carmine Pizzuro on this episode of Automotive News Canada Conversations. Carmine, thanks for joining me on the podcast this week. Thank you very much. Pleasure to be here. Let's start with this. Broadly speaking, does Canada have the potential to become a supplier of batteries for electric vehicles? Absolutely, yes. Um, I'll say it in a, uh, uh, there's a couple of things that we have that are um, that has decreased over the years, but we're still good at it. And one is automation and production, you know. I've worked uh, in Canada and and manufacturing, and uh, when I was at uh, General Motors, uh, I used to have the ability to go to the U.S. and Canada, and we're really good at uh, automation and production and manufacturing. we got a lot of smart kids out there, engineering, technical people. we got great universities and colleges, Uh, so definitely on the manufacturing end, as far as the raw raw materials go for batteries we have all of those things as well even though you hear on news reports that um you know our news releases on uh, you'll see oh we don't have enough lithium or we don't have this we have everything here in canada you know we're probably a little bit costlier because uh you know we do things the right way we don't have child labor and all that kind of stuff but yeah we do have everything I wanted to get into that uh, in terms of profitability and the child labor issue, um, but but since I don't see too many battery plants in North America, generally speaking, and, and I know it's early in the EV revolution, but I'm going to assume this is either a, a difficult part of the electric vehicle process or one that lacks um, high enough profit margins. A, am I right or wrong on that? I just wonder what the reason is that we don't see a lot of electric batteries being built in North America, not just Canada. Uh, it's happening. It's uh, it's dramatically changing. Uh, there are graphs out there. If you start, if you do any research, they are building a bunch of battery plants in the U.S. Uh, more so in uh, Europe, um, but uh, in the U.S. there's there's a, a, a pr- some pretty big uh, battery plants um, uh, being built. So it is happening. Um, okay, it's it's like if we take typical autom- automation for automotive. You know, in the old days, uh, and I'm talking like 30, 40 years ago and before, um, you know, you had all kinds of companies. Uh, you're from the Windsor area. I'm yep. from, uh, you know, GTA. There's all kinds of companies that did automation, machining, you know, large scale, um, you know, plants. Uh, you know, since, you know, the last 30 years, everything's gone to Mexico and China. So a lot of that's gone. But that just has to be reinvented again. So the automation of the, there's not a lot of automation companies that know how to build batteries, but that's going to increase, and it's already increasing right now. I've talked to a few of them, uh, mainly in Europe and Korea, but uh, Europe is really catching on 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 the automation part. Now, you just you have to put in perspective that the battery 
like um, a battery plant is, it has to be like a synchronous plant, and it's it's pretty massive because you got you're basically putting uh, an engine plant next to your car plant. So mm-hmm. um, uh, just think of it that way: that every uh, large scale, you know, two hundred fifty to three hundred thousand vehicle a year plant has to have a big gigawatt factory right beside it or or close to it you know it doesn't have to be beside it so that's going to happen who knows how long it's going to take but uh everything is changing right now i I wanted to it's it's like you've seen my questions because i wanted to ask you that um in terms of a battery plant do you do they produce uh at a higher rate than a typical auto factory? Or if, as you said, you know, I have an auto factory that produces 300,000 vehicles, the battery plant also produces 300,000 batteries or do battery plants produce more and can therefore feed multiple plants. I just wonder what that ratio is and what Uh it means in the grand scheme of things. If we were ever to get one here in Ontario or Canada. All right. That's a, that's a tough question. It's a good question. So right now the the volumes are not there except for Tesla, right? Right. So the volumes for uh, for you know uh, I'm just throwing some names out there like Chevy Volt or Audi e-tron. You know what the volumes are? They're like mm-hmm. 30, 40, 50, 60,000. Uh, I'm not even saying 60,000, but they're in the less than 50,000 range. So right now, uh, you know, one of these large scale battery plants could probably feed one, two, three, or four of these plants, but but over the over the next few years, just think of a regular car plant or a truck plant, for that matter, that builds 250 or 300,000 vehicles per year. It's going to have to have a massive, ba- uh, you know, battery plant right beside it. Okay, so you have to start doing the calculations, uh, and then it becomes, um, and then it becomes uh, like your brain can wrap wrap itself around the the numbers, and it's right. all numbers. Uh, so if you have whatever number of uh, cells in a, in a car battery, a typical car battery, let's say you have 300 cells and then the volume is 300,000. You start getting into massive amount of uh, cells that have to be produced each and every day. Uh, and on top of that with, with battery cells right now, and you know, all this is new technology with battery cells. One of the biggest, uh, one of the biggest, uh, I guess, space, uh, needs for a battery plant is to age the actual cell. You have to sometimes keep the plant, keep the cell in the plant for three, four days as it's aging. You know, remember a battery cell is like, you know, I call it, I tell uh, kids it's like uh, baking. Uh, you know, you have a chemical process and then you have like a, an, um, uh, like a baking process where it gets aged and baked. Not on, and, and, for those of uh, for your listeners, it's very similar to lead acid, a little bit more complicated, but it's the same process. So, taking Ford as an example, if they're going to build multiple vehicles at their Oakville assembly plant, as they have pledged as part of the most recent yep. contract negotiations, um, yep. it would stand to reason that they might only need one battery plant in order to feed multiple vehicles in one auto plant does that math seem to add up would that be correct yes that is correct because uh yeah that's correct so you know you're gonna have the same uh you may yeah i i'm i would be i would bet uh a paycheck on that it would have the same platform and then the body around it would change just like just like a body in white so 
you heard Doug Ford sort of allude to the fact that he wants to see electric vehicle supply chains, batteries included, crop up in Ontario. Is that even possible? Is it possible for Ontario, and maybe if you factor in Quebec, because I know they've got some mining capabilities as well, is it possible for those two provinces or Ontario to go it alone to make it, as I sort of called it in a column recently, sort of that farm-to-plate food chain where yeah. we take the the minerals out of our, our backyard and we build an entire supply chain leading to Oakville, for example. Is that possible? What makes it possible in Ontario? That's great. Actually, uh, Natural Resources Canada, and I'll plug them, they did a whole study on this about a year ago, and it's probably on the internet somewhere, but they call it Mines to Mobility. Okay. And uh, because what they were trying to do is match up the mines up uh, northern Quebec, northern Ontario, and elsewhere in Canada, and uh, introduce them to, you know, companies like ourselves or, you know, we're small uh, to medium size, but larger companies like uh, the automotive plants and go, hey, we got the cells here, or we got, sorry, we got the elements for the cells. Why can't we build it here? So that, what you just said, uh, that possibility has to happen. I cannot see uh, Ford Oakville building uh, their uh, electric vehicles, especially at high volume and importing uh, or I, importing uh, packs from another country or from the U.S., I should say. It has to be like a synchronous plant, like the way uh, seats are uh, synchronized into the plant or yep. the way bumpers are done and or IPs, you know, all that kind of stuff has to be pretty close to the plant, in my opinion. And that's the other thing, right? Like we've heard that some of the problems in getting electric vehicle product, electric vehicle production off the ground in North America is, is that a lot of stuff has to be uh, imported in terms of the battery from overseas. Um, would it make it just that much easier? And would the new USMCA make it that much easier um, to build electric vehicle batteries in North America? Could we build in Ontario and ship to the States? And could the States build there and ship to us if they were going in a vehicle yes. in, say, Oakville or Windsor? That's the way it's got to happen. Uh, from some pictures I've seen, uh, the G- GM is building a plant for, I don't know, one of their trucks and, yes, they and, are, yes. and then, and then doing it, you know, somewhere, uh, where is it in Lordstown or that's right. Uh, and then that plant's going to feed two other plants. So for now, as I said previously, when volumes are low, that, that will happen. But as volumes increase, you're going to have more and more battery plants everywhere. So uh, that's exactly like the other thing that I've heard is we have to do this as a security because from what I understand, Korea and and China are keeping their cells for themselves for their own car plants because there's, there's such a great demand for them, especially in Asia. So, uh, you know, we've already uh, we've, because we buy cells uh, from other um, uh, from the U.S. and from Korea, we've heard that through, you know, we've heard through the word that uh, they're starting to uh, just keep um, product for their own domestic markers. So we're going to, we're listen, this uh, uh, batteries are going to be the engine of the future, uh, whether, you know, people like it or not, that's what's going to happen. And it's not only going to be an engine for a vehicle, it's going to be engine for trucks, buses, houses, uh, utilities. So, um, it's also, you know, geopolitical concern as well. Um, and security for, for, you know, our own nation, 
that we should be able to do this on our own. Uh, maybe not for every car here, but you know, um, you know, you can argue that it, it, it's, it's a security concern as well as a production, uh, problem. So how involved would the automakers themselves have to be in getting a battery plant or a battery supply chain up and running in Canada? Would they have to be part of the investment? Would they own those factories? Would they be their batteries or are there independent suppliers that could do it? I just wonder what that dynamic is uh, in terms of who actually manufactures the batteries for the automakers. Is it the automakers themselves or does, is it a supply chain in Ontario? And if it's a supply chain in Ontario, does do the automakers invest in it? Do they have to spend their own money? Well, that's a, that's a loaded question. I don't like, um, when, when I was at GM and I can only, uh, speak for when I was there, uh, we went to outside companies like LG chem and SAFT and, but that was a while ago from, but from what I understand, uh, they're building their own battery, uh, the cell plant. And, um, and let's talk about cells first because, uh, the battery pack is a little bit different. Uh, you know, it's more of an mm-hmm. assembly process than the cell. So let's talk about cells. So the cell, I think, um, from what I understand, some car companies are right involved in, uh, the, the investment, the, the recipe or the, um, uh, chemistry of what, what the cell will be. Uh, and I hear some, uh, automakers are like just going to, you know, the, big tier ones saying, Hey, here's the volume. Uh, here's the sales figures. And I'm, I'm like, they're the sales figures are just enormous, especially in the, in the, in the beginning days of these batteries. Remember you're, uh, the half, the, probably more, I would say, uh, maybe 60, 70% of the cost is, is the battery right now. Right. And, uh, so when you start talking about hundreds of thousands of vehicles and, Let's say I'm just throwing out a number, um, you know, $10,000 a pack, which doesn't, you know, let, let's just throw that number out at 250,000 vehicles a year. That's an enormous amount of sales. And if, a co- and if, and there are companies out there, tier ones that have the money to be able to invest in, in a plant. And the plants range from investment between 800 to 1.3 or 1.4. Uh, billion dollars. Um, I would say, and, and from what I hear and from what I see and from what I've experienced, um, it's probably more likely that a company, uh, tier one who, or a cell supplier will get backing from the government, both federal and provincial to build the plant than the OEM, uh, investing. But that's my own opinion. That's what I've seen. And that's what I've heard. And that's, I think that's what it should be because then that, um, tier one can build cells for any other application. They can right. build it for what we do, what Ecami does. They can build it for, you know, other car makers. Um, it's like when I used to work at GM and we used to build the batteries, the AC Delco batteries, we, uh, we produce batteries for every car maker in Canada at the time, Canadian tire, Costco at the time. Uh, so we built batteries for GM, Ford, Chrysler, and, uh, but those are just starter batteries, a little bit different. Right. Um, in December, Canada's, uh, first global corporation secured $10 million in government loans and grants, allowing it to, uh, accelerate the startup and expansion of what they said was North America's first cobalt, uh, refinery. 
how or what should we read into that development? Uh, what does that signal to you? What do you see that government investment as meaning in the grand scheme of things? Well, the government has said, the federal government has said they really want to do a, a, a battery uh, support structure, not only in mines, but also in, you know, in cell production and battery production, battery pack production. So they've made it clear that they want to invest in these operations. I think, um, uh, um, I think uh, in, that news is, is great news because, you know, the mines have to get involved as well. Um, there are critics who say, um, you know, one day cobalt's going to be out of batteries and because you always read news about there's a new chemistry coming out that's going to disrupt everything. I've been hearing this for like 15 years and <laughs> it, lithium ion is still there or lithium polymer is still there and, um, and different variations of it, but it's still there. So cobalt is still being used. So, you know, it's hard to have the crystal ball, but you got to start somewhere. Um, my own, my own opinion is just don't put all your eggs in one basket as the saying goes, like, don't just all, you know, if you're going to invest in, and this is my own personal opinion, if you're going to invest in one cobalt mine, invest in another and, uh, let, let, you know, let other mines, um, get into the business of, uh, of providing product for, uh, for, for cells and for batteries. That's my own personal opinion. And it's, and it's the same as, as, um, I think in cell production, you know, just don't do one, like get into it. Um, uh, uh, Finland of all places, their company, uh, there is it Finland or Norway. I'm sorry. I think it's Norway. Norway is building two large giga plants and not even for automotive. They're building them for, for, uh, ferries and boats. So, like a country like Norway, uh, I don't know what are they half of our population, or um, their um, uh, their government has said, "Hey, we're going to build some couple gigafactories." We've heard it, we talked about this off the top, or at least you sort of touched on it. We've heard stories and reports of places such as the Congo using child labor to mine the metals needed in batteries for electric vehicles. Does the fact that Canada has some of these metals and is a developed nation make us more attractive? Uh, as a place to do business or are the costs involved in Canada because we do obey the rules and we do pay fair wages and we don't use child labor. Does that make us less attractive? I just wonder how that whole child labor and optics and sort of ethics play into this right now in 2021. Does it make us more viable or less viable? Well, I think it would be more viable. You got to have a bit of ethics and a little bit of a conscience. Sure. Uh, when we look, when we buy product, we 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 look at that. Um, uh, we take that into consideration. Um, there is some news in the federal government today about. Um, oh my goodness! But the federal government was uh, uh, they weren't buying certain product. Uh, I'm sorry, I don't know the story, but because they were using, um, uh, you know, whatever child labor in China. Um, so we, we gotta, we gotta be cognizant of that. Where we, uh, uh, where we, uh, where can, where Canadians, uh, excel is automation. Okay. And in battery production, cell production, uh, I'm not too sure about mines. I'm not an expert at mines, but it's automation. So, um, uh, so there's not a lot of people that work in these plants, even though they're massive. There's only like a few hundred, you know, I heard 800 people 
um, uh, working in this, you know, five gigawatt hour factory, not a lot of people for, you know, a million square feet. Right. But, uh, because there's automation in, in cell production, the less you touch it, uh, the, the better quality you'll have. It's, you cannot, uh, there's not a lot of manual labor in it. So that's what we're good at. Um, that's where, you know, we have to invest in those machines. So to getting back to the child labor that we shouldn't have that. I think we, any company that it's buying, they have to, uh, I think they're, they, there's more of the, uh, these corporate or corporations have some sort of ethics, uh, when they purchase, I think, um, uh, that they would look into, okay, where are we getting our uh, cobalt from or where are we getting our, our other precious metals from? Uh, last question for you. And I know you said you don't like to look into the crystal ball, but uh, I have to ask, do you have a sense of when we might see or hear of um, a plant coming to Ontario or when the first cells in Ontario might be produced? Um, I'm just asking you to look into the future and make an educated guess. Uh, you're the expert on it. And I'm I'm just curious. Well, we're actually, uh, we've actually applied, uh, last year we applied for a, um, um, uh, not a, um, not for a massive plant, but for a micro plant, we asked the federal government, uh, with, um, and we had some pretty good consortium partners like, uh, Ontario tech university, and we were going to build a uh, tech center as well as, um, uh, you know, um, a little center of excellence, uh, for, Ontario, um, uh, to build, to actually fine tune the chemistries and, and it would, uh, and we'd be able to sell these cells as well, uh, commercially. And then this would be a stepping stone for a much larger plant. So it is happening. If, if we're doing it, other people are doing it. Were you approved? Uh, Are you, are you moving forward with that project right now? No, we were, no, we were not approved. We were not approved. Uh, um, I can't really get into the reasons sure. why, but I'm sure COVID had something to do with it because it was right. Yes. We applied and then COVID happened. So, you know, the government had other priorities, but it'll happen. I, I well, I think it'll happen because, um, um, you know, uh, the government's, uh, you, you know, you talked about the money, uh, money being given to a cobalt mine. I can't, it, it, it's gotta happen. We've got a bunch of car plants here, uh, automotive plants, uh, um, and, you know, it hasn't been increasing the number of plants have been decreasing over the years. So one way to keep them here is to actually provide these uh, for the government to get involved. And it's uh, it, it, it is the future and the future. Like I said, I think it's the future engine. And um, um, these can, these these cells can be used in, in so many different applications. Right. So if you got up and running, then you, you wouldn't just be uh, a company making cells just for the automaker. You would be a company making cells for other companies, which then make you a better and more diverse business, correct? Absolutely. Absolutely. Like, look at uh, TTC here in Toronto. They're going to be, um, we were on the phone with them about building uh, uh, bus chargers for them, and they're going to be the largest fleet in North America. Uh um, within the next, uh, five to 10 years and buses, especially in the U S, uh, um, uh, battery powered buses are becoming, uh, pretty, uh, uh, you know, there's start, you know, there's some cities saying we'll never buy a diesel bus again. I know we've got a proto, uh, pilot project with, um, 
uh, with a sanitation truck uh, on how to charge. Now we build, we don't build the vehicles, but we build the chargers for right. them. So, um, uh, so it, it's, it's, it, it's going to happen. Um, and these, these cells could be used in all sorts of, you know, we started off, e and started off building energy storage devices for utilities and that's taken off big time. So, um, you know, the test the wall, uh, there, there are, you know, batteries, uh, I think, I think it's going to be, uh, uh, the engine of the future. And, you know, I don't know, uh, if you do your own gardening, Greg, but <laughs> a little. All, my gar- <laughs> all my gardening tools are all, all battery powered and it's beautiful. Yep. Yeah, for yep. sure. No cords to trip over. Uh, they don't come unplugged. There's no, uh, no limit to how far you can go deep into the yard. No, I, I totally agree. Yeah. So yeah, that's, uh, I, th- I think they're going to, there's, it's not just cars. Cars is obviously the sexy, uh, industry because of volume, right? Yeah. Right. It's just, the volume is just, you know, through the roof and, um, and it's going to take, you know, even myself who, uh, I've been around these, uh, couple of these factories. It's like, every time I go in one is there, it's just something awesome to see that, you know, that, you know, in the old days I used to go to, uh, um, you know, engine plants in Tonawanda and St. Catharines and, um, all over the U S and, uh, now you see, uh, you know, you're going to see not now, but in the future, you're going to see cell plants. Well, let's hope that there's one in Ontario and, and you get to go in and see it and I, I get so to too. tour it and, um, it helps us move <laughs> the Canadian auto industry forward. Carmine, excellent conversation today. I appreciate you being on the show and I hope we can stay in touch. Definitely. Thank you very much and uh, have a nice day. We reached Carmine at his office in the GTA. If you'd like to be a guest on the show, have a suggestion or simply want to comment, email me at glayson at autonews.com. And remember, you can listen to all our previous shows on Spotify, iTunes, and Google Play or on our website, automotivenews.ca. Just click the Canada Conversations tab. That does it for this episode of the Automotive News Canada Conversations podcast. We hope you'll join us next time. So long, everybody.